0: Light from Lantern presents. Knit a spell. I'm magical maker Katie Rempe,
1: and I'm the maker of magic, James Devine.
0: Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting
1: and the craft.
0: Knit a spell. We're back. Is, yay. How's it going, Jim? Hot
1: one. It's a hot one today, Katie. Oh,
0: man. I know.
1: We're baking in the sun here. Well, I'm excited about today's topic.
0: Oh, what is it, Jim?
1: We are going to talk about altars. Oh, yeah. So last time we talked about basically making sacred space, right? Mm. And we kind of went through the different levels of space. Like, you can make space in your mind. Remember back when we talked about, uh, I think this was quite a number of weeks ago, we talked about spiritual hygiene and, like, casting a circle and mm-hmm. uh shielding and kind of making your own sort of personal like space you know right. in your mind and in your imagination and like your energetic space and then at the last episode we talked about making a physical space right and so we did mention altars and then we said okay then you're gonna upgrade to like like a closet and mm-hmm. then maybe a room right and we talked about the craft room or the craft closet the craft cabinet the right. craft shelf, all those, the craft bag. Right. Yep. So today we're going to focus on something that's really the focus of magic anyway, which is the altar.
0: Ooh, Wonderful. This is like the magician's space, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, so I think about, when I think about an altar, I think about, and what I, like I just said, it's really that focus. It's, it's the place where the imaginative focus of my spiritual work. So it often is a place that carries or holds um, the symbolism for what it is um, that, that represents the work that I'm doing. Right. Mm. Um, uh, An altar would, be a place of inspiration. It would be a place of focus. It could be a place where I'm actually doing the work that I'm maybe going to do. Right. Hmm. And there's a bunch of stuff that might be on my altar, but I want to stop right there before I get into like what might be on the altar and sort of make the comparison between what would be um, an, uh, a, like, what would be the equivalent hmm. in the knitting, crochet, weaving, spinning, crafting world.
0: Gosh, probably like the work table, like the craft table, or um, maybe even like the knitting circle table, you know, Mm. depending on what you're doing. If it's a more singular work, I'm probably going to sit at like the table whatever it's my workspace um, within my craft room, if you will. So uh, surrounded by the things that go with what I'm actively working on, usually on the work surface. Um, So for me, that it would probably be like the craft table.
1: Yeah, so like a workbench or a craft table, mm. for sure, right? That's the focus of where you're doing things, right? That's the place where the yep. action's happening. Yeah. Yep. I think about that a lot. Like, that's kind of wh- what an altar would be. Some altars, um, there's a couple different types of altars. There's certainly a working altar. Mm. Um, a working altar is where I am going to put together like a spell or I'm going to put together something. I'm going to actually do some work on that altar. There's another type of altar, which you might say is more of a shrine. Hmm. And that's where I'm going to put up maybe a picture of a deity. Like, let's say that I'm, you know, um, a dedicant of Aphrodite and I want to have an Aphrodite shrine. Hmm. So maybe I'll have like a little statue of Aphrodite and I'll have, you know, little pictures of roses or, you know, um, I'll have little anointing oil, little like rose scented oils and, Maybe i have a little pink candle and a rose quartz or a little heart-shaped something. And it's just a little altar that's an homage to Aphrodite and to love and to beauty. Maybe there's a little, you know, hand mirror, little miniature hand mirror, Barbie hand mirror or something, just little trinkets or little somethings on there that are representative of the deity that, that you know, of Aphrodite and of love and self-love and um, uh, letting go of judgment and embracing myself and all those sort of things, right? So I would, I'd set that up as a little altar. I'm not necessarily going to do like a big working on there. Maybe mm. it's one of those little corner shelves, the small little sconces or something. It could be anything, but this is sort of just one idea you might have. That might be called a shrine to Aphrodite or a shrine to, and you could do this for any deity, right? You could do it to, you know, some goth dark goddess of, you know, death and destruction if you wanted Mama Kali or, or where they, or whoever, you know, you might want to do it to, you could have a shrine to that deity. And maybe there is a place where you would leave offerings, or a place where you would light a candle, but mm. it isn't thought of as a working altar, where you might then sort of uh, a working altar is where you might assemble a spell or, or do your regular sort of, uh, uh, you know, work if you were to do that.
0: Seems like you might need more space for that sort of thing.
1: Right. So when I think about a working altar, one of the things that might be there is you would create a place where you would sort of focus your sacred space. Um, It sort of centers your magical practice. And so some of the things that are on um, a lot of people's um, regular working altar are the representations of things like the elements. A lot of times the four elements are there, the element of earth, of air, of fire, and of water. Sometimes those are in directions of uh, north, uh, north, south, east, west. Sometimes they're not. They may also have representations of their ancestors that might be on a separate altar. Some people have an ancestor altar that is very different, right? Some people include that on their working altar. Some people include the fairies, um, or the, um, or the fae on their altar. Some people have a separate altar. That's a fae shrine or a fae altar. Um, some people may have representations of deity on their altar. Maybe they have a specific deity to Aphrodite on an Aphrodite shrine as per the previous example, Mm. but maybe they have general sort of like, this is the Lord and this is the lady on my altar or the, or the goddess or God, or maybe there's a non-gender specific, like the the divine or spirit Mm. on their altar. Right. So these are all sort of um, different things you might have on your altar. And so the reason you would have all those things is if you wanted to, um, you know, have a focus of magical practice. And, And again, this is one example of sort of the Wiccan type of magical practice that you might do. There's lots of other ways to do it, but you would have the symbolisms of the different sort of magical tradition or magical practice on your altar so that you could then create, you know, ritual or create magic or do the things you wanted to do with the symbols and with the powerful, you know, items that are there. Maybe you would also have some powerful crystals that are really important to you. Maybe you would have a um a power you know statue or a symbol or whatever the things are in your altar mm. that are there right for money or for luck or for success or for love or whatever the things are so that's the idea of an there's
0: altar. a there's also i think a lot to be said about including handmade items as offerings i mean I know that's like kind of what the point is here for like the making and whatnot but um You know, there's outside of like just knitting, there's a lot of handmade things that you can do as offerings. You can write poems, you can sing songs, um, you can just find like flat, fresh flowers and herbs from outside, you know, zero cost things that um, just show that you're thinking about them. Again, putting energy towards it. Um, I think the altar in general is more like a reminder to put the energy towards this or what you really want. Um, you know, and then the deity is sort of like, or whatever, is then, you know, just making it more specific as to what you want.
1: So, right. You're, and you're speaking to something important, which is like, I think about like, here are the basics of what my altar is. Yeah. And then how do you keep your altar fresh?
0: Yeah. So, that's a great question. What, what, I mean, I've done a lot of research on this, and it seems again to be very personal. Some people were like, "It has like if you include water, it has to be changed every day." One said once a week. One said twice a a month. I'm like, okay, so I guess maybe whatever you feel is right. Um, And then also maybe some common sense things. So I'm interested to hear what what you think.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point around offerings and like having an offering bowl or having mm. a little dish or something, I love to find stuff. Again, I love how you said low cost, go to a secondhand store, go to a thrift store, mm. find really beautiful, little, small, seemingly useless, like uh, things that Japanese uh, like appetizers are served in or something, mm, right? Yeah. Those are really great little dishes. You'd be like, what the heck would you use that for? It's a great little offering dish for a few petals of a flower, a little bit of incense, maybe, um, you know, a piece of, a little piece of sweet food or something that you would then change out and you would, you know, you know, switch it out. Right. So I love, um, you know, those ideas is really great. Right. So Mm -hmm. you can keep it fresh and yeah, put a vase, a really beautiful vase and change out flowers that you find or that you pick wild or that are what are the flowers that are sacred to the deities you're working you with? Know. Yep. You said that, right?
0: Right. Yep. Um, or what's just fresh outside currently? You know, having like the seasonal items can be really powerful.
1: Yeah. yeah. Is there a bough of cherry blossoms in, in March? Is mm-hmm. there, um, you know, some wild right now in Seattle, there are wildflowers that are growing out there oh, that yeah, like certainly freezing. a few sprigs, a few sprigs of um, lavender. Mm. you know it's fabulous right if you're not allergic
0: yeah there's like a million daisies out right now it's so fun (laughs) um and changing those things out before they go bad or as they're about to go bad is really Mm -hmm. important um i read somewhere that said changing your offerings are should be considered like you know if you had a guest over like would you serve them like dirty old water? Like, would you want them to see gross flowers? Like, would you want them to eat off of, like, the gross table you haven't wiped off? You know, right. you might want to put a little tablecloth on there. It's it's just kind. It's just respectful. It's just polite.
1: It's also your, it's to yourself, right? You're mm. working with and knowing that you're keeping it fresh. So it's exactly right. And if you're working with ancestors, mm you know this is really important is a lot of ancestors love a little bit of alcohol a little bit of like a little we have little tiny like and this is again at goodwill Hmm. we found these little tiny miniature crystal super cheap crystal like wine glasses and so you can put those in front of like you know, Aunt Jackie and put a little whiskey in there because, you know, in life she really loved that, right? Mm, Yes. It does kind of evaporate. And we are like, oh, Aunt Jackie's sipping on her whiskey, right? Oh, Um, okay. It's really amazing. And so keeping that stuff fresh is really an important way to honor the ancestors Mm. and to leave those out. Um, So, yeah, what do you do with items? So you have this little piece of, you know, um, of pastry that you put out as an offering mm-hmm. for a little sweet treat. Cause you were working with Ganesh and you know, Ganesh loves the sweets, right? Mm. So you put a little sweet treat cause you're working with uh, a deity that likes sweets and it's all dried out now and you're ready to clear the altar. And you're like, do I just throw it in the trash? Seems weird. Uh. Yeah. What do you do with it? You had an idea for that.
0: Um, so I, well, you actually gave me the original idea and that was the burn box. Yes. Uh, yes, that's uh, huge. So it's a, I mean, it could be a box, I suppose. But um, you had said you use like an old uh, grocery paper bag f- and that's genius can. again. Great yep. way to repurpose something.
1: Um, paper bags can lose the bottom if it's anything that's wet in there. So you can also decorate a shoebox or one of those boxes that you you just recycled mm. you you the person listening yes. you just recycled an amazon box i know it i know you did
0: <laughs> that's I, like a low key read. i've
1: been cuz <laughs> i've been re cuz i've been watching you in your order right. history i'm kidding <laughs> you have I'm something kidding.
0: arriving today in fact yeah
1: kidding not kidding um so yeah we are recycling these amazon boxes there's one that's a perfect size as a burn box and what i like to do is use that like some wrapping paper or some crafting supplies because if you're Mm. listening to this podcast you have crafting supplies that are collecting dust in your house right now (laughs) so you can decorate that box make it cool make it special make it pretty so you can burn it later (laughs) it's really fun and then you'll remember like oh it's a small box make it small it's fine Mm. right and you can put those little bits of whatever you can put uh you spell remains you can put anything in your beautiful burn box right yeah. and then once or twice a year when you're at a moon at, you know when it's a full moon when it's summer solstice when it's winter solstice whenever it is you can have a little bonfire or campfire or whatever at the beach or out whatever and you can take your burn box and and you know say a little like thank you to the deities for all of the things this year and place that on your fire and push
0: Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, I, that's perfect. Um, so what about liquids? Now, <laughs> I don't know if this is the right thing to do or not. Um, but before I did any reading, I was like, what do I do with this? And I thought, I'm just gonna put it in this plant. So I put it in my plant, and it's fine. But <laughs> I was like, maybe what? I shouldn't have put like a wine offering, an old wine offering in my, <laughs> my plant.
1: Okay, so what do, so- you, what do you do? When I have a wine offering, I then take it. So we have a fae shrine outside. So we have a shrine to the fairies outside. Mm. So whenever we have a food or drink offering, we then take it outside to the fairies. And so then it disappears to the fairies. Right. And that is how we, especially for wine, how that ends up being like offered to the fae. Um, and so if it's an offering to uh, the ancestors, it also evaporates, right? But mm-hmm. um,
0: Smaller amounts maybe is what you're saying I should use. <laughs> right.
1: If it's water for the ancestors, for sure, you can put that in a plant, mm-hmm. especially if you have a plant that is an ancestor plant. And there's mm-hmm. not a particular plant that's an ancestor's plant, right? But if you have like, let's say you have a jade plant or you have a spider plant or you have something that you're like, mm-hmm. you know what, this is going to be my plant that's in honor of the ancestors that would be a great thing to have next to your ancestor altar Hmm. you take that water don't use water that you put bluing in so (laughs) here's the thing some people color the water blue for the ancestors with bluing that you use to um, make whites whiter and it's a dye it's a it's a dye that you use in the wash especially in the south to make whites you take Takes the yellow oh, out of the white. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, makes water
1: brighter, kind of a thing. Yeah, okay. not recommended to water plants with. But if we <laughs> use a blue glass, so we use blue glass and put pure water in a blue glass for the ancestor altar. So if you do that, then you can use that water and water a plant. And it really is cool to have a plant that's watered with ancestor water because it really brings an energy into that plant.
0: Oh, I love that idea and am going to be using it.
1: (laughs) That's way cool. Yeah. Great idea. Oh gosh. Okay. So I think about like, what would it be like to make your work table in your craft room? Like, can you imagine doing anything to your work, your work table? like to make it magical what you know or do you do anything to your work to able to make it magical
0: uh i've only just recently started incorporating things and one of them i actually was just inspired by <laughs> another uh person in our sort of realm that was pamela unicorn um oh
1: yeah i love her love she
0: her. knows everything about crystals i n- know they're pretty and um <laughs> would like to learn more <laughs> and Uh, She was saying, um, you know, just talking about how they communicate with her and how she uses them like in her normal work. She put like a citrine um, tower on her laptop and that like helped her business and everything. And I was like you know what? Okay. I have some crystals. I'm going to like bring them from my bedroom into the office. So I actually do have a couple of crystals that I now keep in the office and I've been using on various things to good results so far. So, um, I look forward to incorporating more soon and I do have candles for concentration. So Mm. that's just a couple of ways. (laughs) I love (laughs) that. I'm looking forward to doing more, especially, you know, the more I'm learning. So yeah,
1: I think that if you have a work surface, like a, um, you can paint a sigil um, or a symbol on your work ah. surface or under on the underside of your work surface where no one sees it, you can take a marker and you can paint or actually Ooh. paint a sigil or a symbol on that to sort of energize your work surface. Certainly crystals, hello, who doesn't mm-hmm. like crystals? You can put inspirational things where you can see them. If you're working a pattern... Um, you know, I don't know. I wonder if there's something about like I don't know what there could be. Actually, oh,
0: go ahead. Um, so, someone recently had just suggested using uh, well crystals again, but as stitch markers. So that would be another way to incorporate Ooh. while you're knitting, especially if you're knitting, you know, at your craft table. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you had like a certain stone that you wanted to concentrate for a certain intent that could certainly be worked in too especially if you are handy with stones or probably there's a lot of people on etsy
1: (laughs) like if there's little beads if you can uh string a bead that's Mm. a crystal onto your stitch markers that would be way cool yeah i think about an altar is a lot about aesthetics Mm. because the aesthetics matter because we're trying to activate the imagination so if you think about your work table your crafting table And start to think about the aesthetics of it. Are you doing yourself a favor by helping with the aesthetics of your workspace, whether it be magical or craft? That is a step forward, right? So I think that that's something to consider Mm -hmm. in this arena
0: the more intention you put into it, mm-hmm. the more you'll enjoy the space. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, I kind of go between phases of wanting it super clean, probably when a project has just finished, <laughs> to then it's just littered with the current work in progress, which again, For sure. even having like the active items are very inspiring and part of the aesthetic at that point. So mm-hmm. as someone who always likes to see things sort of move and change, um, I like kind of the flow of that workspace yeah. environment. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about some uh, knitting-related deities I found. How about that?
1: Yes. All
0: right. We'll be right back. Hey, Magical Makers. Are you looking for a fun summertime project? Try my No Sweat Mason Cozies, now available in two different sizes. You can save 50% on this pattern through July 31st by using the code Spell." that's all one word, on Ravelry at checkout. These beverage covers not only keep your hands dry, they're also a fun way to identify whose drink belongs to who. Cheers! Hey Jim, let's talk about a palm reading
1: for a sec. Oh yeah, my favorite topic.
0: So I don't think a lot of people necessarily think of getting a palm reading, uh, but my palm reading with you was awesome and actually helped with a lot of preconceived notions that I had of the craft
1: before now. You had preconceived notions about palmistry? What were yeah. they? Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you know, I'm pretty literal, so I thought having a short lifeline might mean you have a short life. Right. you a star on your palm is bad.
1: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Both of those are comment, you know, a short lifeline does not mean a short life. It actually means a life of uh, connection with the divine and learning and creating type of life. And a star in your palm is a sign of spiritual gift. Those are two things that are dispelled right away. I know there's a lot of things on the palm that people think are good or bad, right? There's nothing inherently negative in your palm you can use all the tools, all the markings. They are associated with your strengths, your personality, and things you can use in your life.
0: Absolutely. I really love that modern take on palmistry. And it actually really resonated in my reading. I think everyone would enjoy a reading from you and... Dear listener, if you too would like a fantastic experience that offers insight, direction, and clarity, I highly suggest booking a session with my dear friend, James Devine, and you can find more information at thedivinedhand.com. And we're back. So let's let's talk about some uh, knitting and crafting related deities that I found. Um, Now, just... Just to say, I found this on a website called Writing Femme. <clears throat> and um, this person has so much information about how you can put knitting into your magical practices and vice versa that I highly recommend checking them out.
1: Maybe they maybe they need to be a guest.
0: Maybe I actually will put the link to um, the article that I found in our show notes so that you can check it out more. We're just gonna sort of touch on it. Briefly here, but uh, I think there's going to be Maybe even an opportunity for another Episode where we can get into this more deeply Awesome So, uh, right off When we were talking about this I was thinking, you know, there's got to be Some deities or something That would be related to Knitting, crafting, or or Etc.
1: Right And And, and when we think about the Relationship between deities and altars Mm. Obviously this is like You can create a shrine or you can use deities and have a shrine or have a deity on your work table on your altar Mm -hmm. that's sort of visible you know when you're working right Right. and so what if we're going to create an altar if we're going to create a shrine if we're going to do work and have homage to a deity well obviously the next sort of question is like well which deities might those be Mm -hmm. right And so this is the research. This is that connection between our episode on altars and then it sort of parlays into sort of deities. Sorry. I was just wanted to make that connection.
0: No, that's perfect. Um, Yeah. And having, like you said, like, you know, a shelf in your workspace or a cubby or anything dedicated space. um,
1: Temporarily set it up right in front of you as you're knitting. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes. There's no reason it has to be a permanent thing. Um, Yeah. This is my...
1: This is my Aphrodite scarf that I'm knitting for someone.
0: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Even if you had like a little travel altar or whatever, you could pull that in. Yeah. too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so some uh, people that you might want to rope in. Um, initially, I thought of the fates, spinning it, measuring it, and then cutting of the thread.
1: Right. Um, so the three fates come from ancient Greece. Hmm. and there's And there's one that spins, one that measures, and one that cuts. Even the gods themselves are subject to the fates. So that's a great, so we're talking about deities that are actually aiding the crafter, aiding the knitter Mm -hmm. as opposed to deities you might invoke for the project you're doing. So uh, you might want to knit the Aphrodite scarf and then invoke or, or work with Aphrodite. But we're talking about who's helping you, Mm -hmm. right? Who can help you knit, right? Exactly. And so the fates is one thing to think about. Like you're spinning measuring and cutting yeah i love that
0: yep they could be um used to offer um wisdom and clarity so Mm -hmm. um that would be great especially if you're working on like a tough project um maybe a weaving project again or a spinning project um also it's It's very cool to measure twice before you cut (laughs) just saying (laughs) i also have um oh i'm gonna just oh do you want me to pronounce these names yes please (laughs) (laughs)
1: I I think I see arachne.
0: Arachne, yes. I was like, I know that one, but I can't. Um, Yeah, so expert weaver and faced Athena in a weaving competition, and she won. And this particular deity um, was maybe spitefully turned into a spider uh, to live out then their weaving dreams.
1: Yeah, Uh, so this this is where we get the word for spider, which mm. is arachne. And the whole spider family of arachnids. Right. Oh, there you
0: go. Comes
1: from that ancient Greek word arachne, which is this, you know, woman, this weaver that was turned into a spider. And so all the spider deities um, sort of come from that. And so, yeah, obviously the spinner. And we see, in fact, um, and I don't think we've mentioned it before, but there's an amazing orb weaver spider in Africa, I think in Ethiopia, that spins this amazing yellow uh spider silk that has been used to create a one-off um art piece of amazing woven you know spider silk piece that's currently at the art institute of chicago which is their art museum and uh yeah it's um i encourage you to google the spider silk um tapestry at the art institute of chicago it's worth looking at and watching the video on
0: Oh, yeah. And a little research will reveal that it's super lightweight and uh, made from like a zillion threads. So it's and, r- really impressive.
1: And it will stick to the wall all by itself.
0: Yeah. It's if you've ever worked with um, like silk roving, anybody out there, I feel like it would be similar to that. in it's like light, super light, sticky on every one of your little skin crevices kind of a thing. Just light and sticky. <laughs> <laughs> um so arachne would be great for uh invoking like inspiration new beginnings and of course precision so if you were doing maybe like a big lace shawl or something like that that might be a great um person to um invoke and then also if you're a weaver that would be great as well um and then we have um our Minoan moon goddess oh boy you want to help me out with that one
1: um ariadne
0: Ariadne, there we go, um, gave Theseus, I believe, uh, the the ball of yarn that stopped him from getting lost in the Minotaur's uh, labyrinth. So this is where yarn comes in. Hey, oh. So if you need someone to open up roadblocks or confusion, um, or new paths or just new ideas, um, this would be another great opportunity. And then of course, Athena herself, Um, patron of the arts and crafts, uh, a weaver, of course, Um, also invokes skill, detail, wisdom, beauty, blessings, even at the start of a project. Um, So lots of opportunities to invoke her for sure. Last but not least. Hephaestus. Hephaestus. I I was really like, I can remember this one, but nope.
1: (laughs) And the Um, Roman equivalent is Vulcan.
0: Ah, that's right. Yes. Um, so this was the god of blacksmithing and crafts, better known for uh, metalworking and weapons. He's very multi-talented. He wove the magic net that caught <laughs> Aphrodite and her lover uh, Ares in a compromising position. Um, it was so well made that they couldn't even escape, not even the gods. I mean, he was a god too, so, you know. Um so these are strong uh, fibers held with knots. And so um, this particular deity could be invoked for things like, you know, just having your tools be involved or um, aiding in new skills. And certainly uh, anything netted <laughs> would be great. So yeah. or security, there's even um, someone said out there that they could be invoked to aid in, uh, in a lover's being in compromising positions, of course. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of examples. cool. I, I think that's really cool to think about, like, who are the deities? Now, a lot of these, um, except for the Minoan, um, but even that, these are very Western deities, right? Mm. And so they're, I'm sure that there's also Eastern deities, right? Japanese sure and Chinese and Indian deities that, and, and certainly African deities, mm. um, the whole continent of Africa, I'm sure there's many deities that um, would represent and, and um, be patrons of weaving and of crafts. So that would be a really great thing to also look at something else uh, that is beyond the Greek sort of pantheon. And who knows, I mean, I also, I'm sure there's Celtic deities as well. So oh, this is just sure. a quick little snapshot of you know, the Greek mm-hmm. and Roman um, focus with a little bit of the Minoan, but that's also from that arena. So just to know that there's a, um, we're just taking a little slice of that um, Western, you know, mm-hmm. cultural sort of like like um, snapshot. And I would love as we go along to look at how sort of deities have spo- have been sponsors of and how, you know, ancient myth in weaving, knitting, Uh, fiber arts, crafting um, with other, you know, deities from around the world because we can be inspired by ancient cultures and the human, human beings strive to make things. I mean, this is one of the cool things about human beings. Human beings have made things from the beginning. It's Mm -hmm. one of the defining features of being human, right? We've always made things, right? Whether we're making, you know, rockets or whether we're making, Stone huts, right We've yep. always made things and innovation is such a beautiful thing. We yeah. love it, right? so physical it's magical
0: station machines. <laughs> that's right,
1: that's right. so it's it's very, very cool. So an altar as a focus as a focal point is a, you know really key and how you make it that you're remember and we keep reiterating this, I keep reiterating this your altar your craft table is can serve to help focus your imagination it can it can serve to crystallize your vision mm. and to inspire you and so to the level at which it does that that is within your power that is the way for you to activate your will and your desire and your emotions mm. so i encourage you to use your power and to make your space inspiring and to make it exactly as you wish spend the time almost like you're putting yourself in your space in a little bit of day spa Yes, and make it cute and make it beautiful and like spend the time to put things away and make things nice and organize something. Even if it's, I have too many things to do for me. I have too many things to do. I have to do this. I have to do that. I don't have time to do that. I don't feel like mm-hmm. it. Spend a little time to give your your um, work surface a little facial and, you know,
0: make, yes. it, make it nice. And if you've, I, at least with me, when you get that feeling of like, but I have to do this, but I have to do this, it's usually because the workspace is too cluttered. <laughs> Uh, yeah you too you're calling
1: me out like that
0: Uh, i mean just from personal (laughs) experience what can i say yeah i because when you see oh oh yep there's that unfinished project that i haven't even cast on yet oh there's that one that's half done well i have to block this one still oh this one still needs seaming. suddenly you're like i have to leave this space Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah making it really inviting so you you want to go into it every day, because I think that's really important is also, you know, utilizing it every day. Um, And so here's, here's a little question for you. I kind of asked or kind of mentioned it briefly earlier. But let's say, you know, we're going on vacation. Um, What might be some way that you could bring like a travel altar with you? And what what is that exactly to you?
1: Yeah, that's a fabulous thing. So if you are, Um, engaged in you want to do daily you know or regular you know uh, devotions or regular work and you want to do a travel altar one of the coolest things is um, get an Altoids tin or something like that Mm. Um, it is really fun to do a pocket shrine right so pocket shrines are really fun to make and be creative, uh, make a little collage in there, make a little secret like a uh, picture, a little diorama of the deity or of the, or of whatever you're working with. You can also make a pocket altar. Um, again, you can use a tin or anything. Mm-hmm. And inside there can be a representation of whatever, a little miniature, teeny tiny miniature representation of whatever is on your altar, right? Mm-hmm. So on my altar are the four elements, the the deity uh the the you know god and goddess and the fey so i would have maybe the four elements and the two deities and the little fey and then i might have a little uh stick in there as a wand that i can take out right and um maybe i would have a little vial a little mini sampler of an oil right to have a scent um maybe i would have um one little birthday candle to light, you know, for a minute or something. Um, maybe on the lid, I would, I would have put a uh, uh, glued a little piece of fabric with a little like, and then maybe with a uh, glitter glue, put a little star, a little pentagram mm-hmm. or something. And I, I would use that as like my little altar. I don't know. I would like figure out like what would work or something. And I would open up that little outside stand and I would hold it and, and like, do a little ritual and have a little de- a little devotion and then I would like snuff out the candle I would blow it out and snuff it out put it all back in there close it put it back in my pocket and maybe even the outside would still say Altoids on it so nobody has to been, nobody's
0: gonna know Oh, nice. Good. Right. Or maybe you could knit like a little cozy for it. So it'll be protected Ooh, and yes. wrapped up in a certain color. Or maybe it's got something on that. Ooh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Mm.
1: So, this, you know, this is an idea for a little travel altar, right? And this, of course, you could do it in any kind of little box or whatever you want. So, you'll see those out there. But that's a way, one way to take it on the road, right? If you want a little devotional, like, Let's say I'm doing devotions. Let, again, I've used Aphrodite as an example all day, right? <laughs> so let's say I want a little devotional to Aphrodite. Then I would have my little Aphrodite shrine. I'd open it up and I'd do my meditation to Aphrodite, and I would do my little maybe I have a little chant or maybe I have a little thing that I'm doing, and I would open it up and I would look at the images inside and I would meditate. I would do my you know prayers or my poetry, and then I would you know say my gratitude, and then I would close it and maybe in there I would again have a little candle and I would light it and then snuff it out and put it away and you know put it back in my bag put it Mm. back in my aphrodite cozy that I had knitted there you go back in my bag yeah so something like that so you there's different things that you could do right if I was doing ancestor work then I would have that picture Mm. of that person right and I would like set up that picture light the little candle say that whatever so this mm. is what i could imagine what yeah. can do you have an idea what would you do
0: actually i was just thinking you know like i so there was this woman that i um used to work with oh gosh i'm gonna cry at the art store oh, she passed a while ago oh. um i know <laughs> i love you Patty. i still miss you um anyway <laughs> and i was I like, love
1: it when it gets real i love it when our body oh, so gets real, real.
0: um I was like, oh, she was one of my favorite knitting friends. I could like make a little travel alter just to have her around. <laughs> oh, that's
1: sweet. Yeah. And this is, an, this is one of your knitting ancestors. Exactly. Yep. Right. And, and when I say ancestors, it's a little bit in quotes, right? Hmm. But this is a person who is like your knitting legacy or your knitting, like she had an impact on you and your knitting. You probably learned things from her. Right. She probably was one of your knitting mentors or one of your, you know, she did, she could have a place on your knitting sort of on an ancestor altar for you, where you could have a little picture of her. And that's the sweetest thing to honor her with that one, right?
0: I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely gonna do that this very week. Clearly, I'm having an emotional response. I should do something about it. (laughs) I love it.
1: I love it when tears come and you're just so moved by someone so sweet.
0: It's cancer season. What are you gonna do?
1: Oh, that's right. (laughs) When we're recording this, which is in June, right when when Mercury went direct and it's now cancer season and we're feeling our emotions. Thank goodness.
0: That's right. I'm fine with it.
1: that's right she was so awesome she deserves the tears yes (laughs) i'm fine with it that's right oh my god
0: so anyway so so there's an idea (laughs) of what i would do um yeah
1: well i want to know what your ideas are listener dear listener i want to know what your ideas are so people have been sending us the sweetest emails and you know, sometimes you feel like you're just kind of talking to the air. I mean, mm-hmm. I, not really. I We're feel talking, like I'm talking to each other, at least. Definitely, I'm talking to Katie. <laughs> but don't you sometimes, Katie, feel like, is anyone listening? Tap, tap, tap. Is this thing on? That's right. Yep, a little bit. <laughs> We're getting emails from people, and it means the world when you are listening, and you send a quick little note that just says, hey, I listened, and that, e- and that episode was stupid. I mean, that episode was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I, I'll take negative. Constructive
0: attention. feedback is also welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, or positive attention. Yeah. yeah. So I love the email that we got this week. It was so fantastic. It really moved me. I was like, oh my gosh, people are li-, like, it made yeah. a difference for someone. So I want to know, what do you do for your traveling altar? Do you yeah. set up an altar? what would you add to this episode? I would love to know. So we're we're working on figuring out how to post people's comments and you know have those up there. So I'd love to have you be part of that and drop us a line, leave us a review. Uh, one of the easiest ways, everyone reads your reviews on. So if you want to be part of the conversation, one of the easiest ways to be visible, write a review about the episode and about the podcast itself or drop us an email. I'd love to hear from you. Yep. You can do
0: so at knit a spell podcast at gmail.com. And you can also, uh, drop us a message on our Instagram, which is knit a spell. Go figure.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I want you, I really want you to knit something cool and you can find something cool to knit at light from lantern Aww. on Instagram, or you can go to light from lantern.com and Katie has some cool stuff to knit Maybe by the time this episode comes out, there will be a little cozy. There is already a cozy for your beer. That's true. And you could probably modify it very easily into a cozy for your pocket shrine. But she'll have cool stuff for you to knit by the time this comes out. Even stuff that she's already has is cool. So check it out. Oh. At lightfromlantern. dot for all <laughs> your
0: palmistry needs, um, you should definitely check out more about Jim, and you can do so at thedivinehand.com, or you can find him on Instagram at divinehandjim. He actually just finished promoting a upcoming palmistry class, so snooze, you lose right now. However, I do have it on good authority that it could be offered again, so you should definitely sign up for his newsletter, which you can find at the divine hand. Com, uh, to learn more and be the first to know. And I also heard that his newsletter subscribers get a sweet discount. So
1: it is true. Telling all yes. these truths about me.
0: Um, I'm, uh, you know, just pouring it out like an open book.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. They need to know. So awesome. Well, Jim, as always, I really appreciate your expertise and this was a great time. I can't wait for next week.
1: So fun. I can't wait till next week either. I love hanging out with you
0: ditto all right well listeners thanks again and we'll see you next week so long this episode is a wrap if you enjoyed what you heard go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app and don't forget you can see full video episodes of knit a spell on light from lanterns youtube channel